With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everyone, to the Streaker Podcast. We are the ones that got away. I am Mason McGlera. That is Patrick Previty. I hope everyone is having themselves a wonderful holiday season. Christmas just passed. I hope, uh, Patrick, you had a good one. I know I had a pretty good one, actually, um, especially with, uh, you know, my Miami Dolphins taking a big fat dub over them Dallas Cowboys. That was a great time. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And you as well, you had a big win for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Jaguars, yeah? Yeah, shout out the Bucks, man. The, the tale of two different franchises this year, I think, right now. Bucks on the up. Jags are just looking like they're falling down. Phenomenal win for the Bucks, I would say. And it looks like they're definitely going to make the playoffs, I think, out of the NFC South. So, Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, one thing that I would like to say, NFL, man, if they want to, they can own Christmas, man. I mean, the games this past on Monday were pretty good with the Raiders and the Chiefs. Um, that was a very shocking game, I would say. I think everyone can agree with that. I think... In my eyes, I thought the Chiefs were going to just run over and, uh, you know, do their thing. But they are not the same Chiefs team that we've seen over the last couple of years. They really just don't have any weapons. Travis Kelsey is distracted. Um, he It just has to be. He has to be distracted. Um, so the Raiders going and winning 20-14 to 14 in Arrowhead on Christmas Day. That was a shocker and uh, ruined the Christmas of a lot of Chiefs fans, I'm sure. But. You know, for the Raiders, they're not going anywhere this year, really. But um, what does this do for the Chiefs? Like, are they like a one-and-done type team, do you think, in the playoffs? Ooh, definitely depends on who they would play. I don't know exactly who they're slotted to play right now. Are they the worst division winner, technically, as of right now? Maybe, mm-hmm. no, they'd be ahead of the Jags, I think. So They don't even be... have the division officially. Well, no, no, not yet, not yet. Right now, but... they're in. they're still in the lead. They're still winning their division, right? Yeah, they're still up by two games. Yeah, so. they would have to lose out, and the Raiders or the Broncos would have to win out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would still, I still don't know if I can go one and done, um, and especially since like considering there's a wild card round now, and they, it's not like they have the first seed or anything. Um, I am, would be surprised if they can make it to the conference championship game, but yeah. as far as one and done, I don't want to go that far. I mean, like you said, it definitely doesn't feel like the same team that we've seen in the past. I mean, the weapons are just not there. I, it feels like Patrick Mahomes doesn't trust some of the guys that he's thrown to, and that's a lot of pressure on Travis Kelsey, who has yeah. dealt with like some nagging injuries since right before the Lions game when he hyperextended his knee. Like he's dealt with a lot of different of different ailments throughout this year, so I can't really put too much of the blame on him. Although he hasn't been as sharp as he wants to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's just something that I never really thought I was going to see with Patrick Mahomes and his receivers. Yeah, I mean, looking at the playoff right now, like if this season ended right now, it's not. It's a long way from over. We still got a long two weeks coming ahead. But if it ended right now, Kansas City would be hosting the Buffalo Bills, and I would I would take the Buffalo Bills in that game. They're already beaten them once, and who says they couldn't do it again? The Bills are the Bills are on a roll right now, I will say. 
Okay, yeah, the Bills are probably the hottest team in the NFL right now. They did just have that super close game against the Chargers. I just think that they were maybe looking ahead at what they need to do. Hopefully they don't look past the Patriots this week yeah. uh, before yeah. they play the Dolphins for the Bills' sake, of course. Maybe, you know, I'm sure you would be happy about that. But um, I, I still am hesitant to pick against the Chiefs. I, I think specifically when it comes to, like, just the Patrick Mahomes magic and the Bills potential to implode. There is like, I feel like this, this effect that could happen where Josh Allen could throw like three picks in a game. And then we could all just be sitting there like, damn, we should have chose the chiefs or what were we thinking? This is Super Bowl defending champions. Like, come on, what, like, what are we talking about? I'm still, I'm still, I'm still going to roll with the chiefs. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I don't blame you there. I mean, again, it's still a long way away, so we'll see what happens. But that's just if it lined up right now. Yeah. And then as for the game in the middle, we have the Giants and the Eagles. That game was a lot closer than um, I definitely anticipated. I thought the Eagles were just going to run all over and just do, just have their way with the Giants. And it looked like they were uh, pretty early on. But then the Giants made a little bit of a comeback there in the third quarter, uh, scoring 15 points once they took out Tommy DeVito. Mr. Italian man himself. Um, they put in Tyrod Taylor, and he was able to get himself a couple touchdowns. I know uh, Darius uh, Slayton had a uh, 76-yard touchdown, something like that. Uh, and, and it made the game close. But are the Eagles for real? Like, they won this game 33-25. to They took care of business. But are they the Super Bowl contenders that we might have anticipated earlier on in the year? I don't okay. think so. Well, first of all, moment of silence for Tommy DeVito's career. Thank you. Okay. It is over. Tyrod Taylor should start next week. I don't even know if that's been uh, announced yet, but I probably will. Um, this is probably this is pretty much what the Eagles have been doing prior to their three-game losing streak that they just had. Um, which was they got out on teams pretty early. They were up three to twenty at half. And, you know, they kind of just gave up their lead, but they never were trailing. Um and that was just kind of what it that's just kind of what it was. Like they just didn't blow the lead that they built in the first half. That was exactly how they started the year, and that's exactly how it looks like that they're that they're gonna end the year. I think there would have been more buzz as far as like NFC. Um, like who who's gonna come out of the NFC if the 49ers had won? I think people would have been like more buzzes and people would have been doubting the Eagles and would have said, like, oh, like this team is can't even touch the Niners. But I think the Niners look so distraught when playing from behind against the Ravens um, and with Brock Purdy's four interceptions. I think it kind of took some of the uh, the heat off of the Eagles looking like they have all season, which is just a team that's, that, you know, comes out the gates, um, you know, bullets ablazing, and then at a certain point looks disinterested and the other team catches up and, you know, they ended up not paying for it. But this is this has been the Eagles the entire year. For sure. It, it has been. And when, with the rest of the season they have coming up, they play the Cardinals and then they play the Giants again. I don't know. Thinking about it, like, could they be at a disadvantage by playing teams like that? Like, let's say they end up getting the one seed because San Francisco, we'll talk about it here in a second, they just lost to the Ravens um, a couple days ago on Christmas. But And then they got the Commanders and the Rams. And the Rams, we'll talk about this soon, the Rams are playing really, really good football. And they have a shot at making the playoffs. So you're playing the Rams in the final week of the season. If you lose that game, the 49ers, you lose that top seed. And then Philly could potentially be the number one seed in the the, uh, conference. So does – I don't know. I'm thinking that – they could be at a little bit of a disadvantage by playing lesser teams and then having that bye week. And then they're out playing maybe like Detroit or Dallas, for example, in the, in the, in their first round in the divisional round. So you're saying like they need to like, they're playing down to competition right now. And then in that first week, they could kind of get like caught off guard by playing. A, yeah. That's a kind playoff of caliber team. Like, do you think that's possible? I definitely think that that's possible. I, I, I could see them like losing in the first round to somebody. Um, I don't think I don't think any team outside of the Niners, in my opinion, despite the loss, are 
untouchable in that first round. And obviously the 49ers would be untouchable because they wouldn't play. But right. like I don't I don't see any team in, in the NFC that can't be beat um outside of the by any of the teams outside of the Niners. Um I'll say this about the Eagles. I think you you make a good point. They're playing they're playing the Cardinals and the Giants to end the year. Um, I could see the same thing happening in those two games that we just saw, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, my my thing is though they still got to win this division, and they're lucky that the Cowboys lost to the Dolphins because that I think takes a lot off of them, like a lot of pressure that they had. I think that they they just put so much pressure on themselves. Maybe maybe that's their issue. They're Super Bowl or bust. It's you know Jason Kelsey comes back. You know you ran the whole thing back. You got Swift. You made other moves to try to just bolster your team. You know, just like any Super Bowl contender, you're making midseason moves for veterans who want to join. Um, and for the most part, they've stayed healthy again this year. So it's. I think that there's a pressure feeling. I think that they know this part of the season is just. It almost feels like it should be automatic, or it's like the bare minimum, the standard. And that's a scary place to be in because that's how you end up with games like we've seen all year and what we saw on Christmas where mm-hmm. you get disinterested in after a while. And at the end of the day, it's football and stuff can happen. And the other team switches a quarterback and Tyrod Taylor's playing for, you know, pride and a potential and more contracts as a backup in the future. So like that you get caught like that. Um, I, I just think that this Eagles team needs to just take it week by week and they could really, really do some damage. And they could do exactly what they did last year and make a run at the Super Bowl. Like it's I think that they are a Super Bowl contending team, but they're one of those they're one of the teams where I see like I see their floor in all honesty being much lower than what you would think for a Super Bowl contender. Certainly. And now moving on to the aforementioned game on uh on Christmas Day with the Ravens and the Niners. This game was Kind of shocking to me. Am I? I, I was just about to say that. Yeah, it was kind of shocking just with how it went. Maybe not the result as much with the Ravens winning, but it was how poorly the Niners kind of played, and especially Brock Purdy. Uh, he had four total interceptions. I would say about half of them. So two of the two of the four were probably on him. Um, but. Again, four interceptions is four interceptions, and then they kind of blamed it on, oh, we had a stinger. No, he got shit on, basically. The The Ravens' defense was all over him. That offensive line was not doing a whole lot. Um, that was the reason for two of the interceptions. One of them got kind of blocked as he was throwing it, and then uh, I think Humphrey was able to catch that one. And then the other one, that his last one, he was going to throw, and you know he got hit on the arm, and then it just kind of wobbled out, and whoever caught it, I think it was uh, Queen Patrick Queen that got that one. But yeah, the Niners, it was just kind of they just got shit on. Honestly, that's just what it was, and it is what it is. And as for the Ravens, they came out and they played their brand of football. They play a really, really good brand, and Lamar Jackson is, in my opinion, the MVP favorite at the moment. Because without him, I mean. Where is this Ravens team? I don't think they have like that many stellar players. I do like Zay Flowers a lot. I think he's been great. Um, but they don't really have a, a top tier running back. They don't have a crazy number one uh wide receiver. And then their best tight end and Mark Andrews has been hurt all year. They've really been relying on the defense a lot, which the defense again has been stellar as they showed in this game. And then Lamar Jackson has just been he's been him. He's been great. Yeah, I mean, there was only so much this 49ers team could hold as far as the turnovers were concerned from Brock Purdy. Like, I feel like, how many did he throw in the first half? Did he throw three? I thought he threw threw three in the first. And they were, it was, what, 16-12 at the end of the first half? Like, they were more than in it. I mean, and they started off the game pretty pretty, pretty well after, you know, Lamar Jackson tripped over the ref in the end zone. I was just about to say. Like, like the 49ers were off to a good start. Um they just couldn't – I just think that they couldn't take just so much, like, of the turnovers. There was just too much. And then, obviously, when Sam Darnold came in, that was – I think that was good for the 49ers because it was just showed that, like, oh, they, they could score on this team. You know, it wasn't some disaster. I mean, 
It's better that this isn't an NFC team. And what's Lamar's record against NFC teams is pretty remarkable too. I remember them showing it on broadcast. I thought it was something, an, an absurd number, like twenty and one or something, or like nineteen and one. Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy mark. So you know what? If the Ravens make it to the Super Bowl, I think that they'll be okay. But uh, not to get ahead of ourselves. You said the um, Lamar Jackson being the MVP front runner. I think this this game pretty much knocks out Brock Purdy. Um, this was pretty bad, but I've been saying that for a while. It seems like, I mean, there's a game that knocked out Dak Prescott, or there's a game that, oh, Jalen Hurts can't be the MVP, or now it's Brock Purdy. I mean, this is such a QB award, it's kind of getting sick and maddening because I just don't know like if I really care about the MVP award anymore right now mm -hmm. um, just because I know that it's not going to go to anybody outside of a QB. Um, I mean, Chris McGaffrey, he played well, so like he could still be in it. I don't, I don't see why he would get eliminated from his performance on, uh, on Christmas, but I, I would have to agree with you. I just think that the one thing that people are hesitant about is I think that there's, first of all, there's this weird narrative around Lamar Jackson. Look, man. Yeah. He hasn't had the playoff success, but like, we got to look at that through a separate lens, you know? And then I think it's the, his stats. Um, I, it would, <laughs> And maybe he can take the next two weeks to kind of fill them out because they're really not like mind boggling. He's got 3,300 yards, 19 touchdowns, seven picks. He's adding like almost 800 on the ground. Um, that's, that's great. Um, but is that MVP? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but but you make a great point though. I don't know where they would be without him. Yeah. I, I don't know where they would be without him. And the, I, I mean, I can see this team going to the Super Bowl. I can see them being the team coming out of the AFC for sure. I don't see why not. They haven't done anything to make me think like, oh, yeah, they're frauds. Like, no, they really haven't. I mean, every team in the NFL has a game that was like, oh, they should have won this game. Or that was just a weird loss. This one for the for the Ravens, I mean, it was the Colts. They lost by, what, three points in overtime. And then they lost a weird one to the Steelers where it was just kind of like a good defensive matchup. They lost by seven. And then what was their other loss? Their the other Browns. one was – to the Browns a couple weeks ago by two points. So that's just football at the end of the day. And once you get into the playoffs, then it, it's a, it's different. And, you know, so I don't, I don't think that there's a, a game that, that it's like, yeah, they're frauds or anything. I believe in this Baltimore Ravens team wholeheartedly really. Um, and, you know, you were talking about how there's always the game that it's like, Oh, well, now this quarterback can't be the MVP. This quarterback can't be the MVP. I think the MVP decision might come down to this upcoming week with Tua versus uh, versus Lamar. I think this game is going to show whoever comes out on top is going to win the MVP, I think. Now, should it be a QB award? I won't say. I'm not to say. Uh, I would have no problem with Christian McCaffrey being the MVP because without him, I mean – what is Brock Purdy going to do? He's got a bunch of weapons, but he hasn't utilized them as well. So, yeah, I when, think when one of Brock Purdy's weapons are out, it feels like a different team almost, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Tua winning MVP would be? would be completely different. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill getting like to 2,000 yards or something like that, the Dolphins That's winning gonna out. That's going to be tough. I know, I know. He's. It looks like he's not going to get it. but like, like 180 each game, yeah. both games. Yeah, no, I, I just don't see that. But, like, with the Ravens and Bills, I think him almost getting there or breaking the record, right? What's the record? How far I away think was the record's Calvin like Johnson? 18. Yeah, how far away was Calvin Johnson? If he breaks the record, I know it'll be in 17 games, but. Um, well, he missed a game. Oh. He missed the Jets game. So yeah, it you're would so be. so right. Yeah. It would be. Yeah, I think that so. that's more than respectable. That's probably also why his MVP talks have kind of simmered a little bit just because he missed uh, last week. Right, it was last mm -hmm. week. Yeah, it was the Jets game. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. yeah. Last. It wasn't the Cowboys game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's why his MVP talks have simmered a little bit. I, I would say I'd be surprised if it was too. I think if it comes from the Dolphins, it would be Tyreek Hill. Um, I, I will say this about the the Ravens. I think that this is obviously Super Bowl team now. I think we've seen at the very least they had these three weird implosions this year against the Colts, Steelers, and Browns, and you can blame the. Browns won on Lamar Jackson because I think he threw a late pick that was bad. And then the Steelers game was just a mess. They led that whole game. I believe the Steelers were like getting shut out or close to it until like the last like half of the fourth quarter. And then they yeah. just they just took that game. I remember watching that and being just like, oh, God, this Ravens team just got messed up. Like 
it was just a divisional game that just ended weird. Um, but when I, when I see this team, I think that they have just as high of a ceiling as anybody else in the league, if not higher, because they destroyed the Lions. They destroyed the Seahawks, and they destroyed the 49ers, all NFC teams, though. I mean, shoot, if you're an NFC team, you don't want to play the Ravens. But they've had that like that level where I think, oh, they could put something together in three games. They could make a three-game run, or they could you know, win their divisional game and then have a two-game run that looks spectacular or – one game, like I, I would definitely say, like, oh, if you're, if I need to bet something on one specific game, I, I don't mind taking the Ravens. I'm more comfortable yeah. with that, despite the previous like dis- playoff disappointments in years past. I think that this team has a high ceiling. For sure. I, I mean, they're they haven't even solidified it. The only thing they've solidified is being in the playoffs. They haven't even claimed their division. They haven't claimed the number one seed. They haven't claimed anything anything more than a playoff appearance. Same with the Dolphins. Let's let, Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about that Dolphins and Cowboys game real quick. Yeah. That game was very impressive. Again, as a Dolphins fan, it was very nerve-wracking watching it. Um, you know, that goal line stop on the first drive of the game, that was insane. Like, Deshaun Elliott making that tackle spinning around, I think it was Pollard, uh, at the goal line, and then the, next, the very next play was a fumble. That play saved seven points. And then, you know, Tua, this is just the first drive for each team. Tua had that ball to Tyreek. That was a 90-plus yard touchdown if Tyreek catches that ball. And then he throws it to Waddle, and then they end up – I think they end up getting a field goal on that. That's where Jason Sanders – this is the Jason Sanders legacy game. Respect to him. He played a hell of a game. You know, as Dolphins fans, there's a lot of people that shit on him. They're like, he's not the guy. I remember when he first came into the league, I was like, this guy's going to be the next Justin Tucker. I always said that. I said that to my dad all the time. I thought he was that good. And over the last couple of years, he hasn't been as good. But in this game, he was fantastic. He had three, three 50-yarder or farther uh, kicks and then the game-winning one. But, again, talking about the game as a whole, Tua played great. He managed the game well. He had Raheem Mostert who went out. He got hurt. Jalen Waddle got hurt. I just don't understand this narrative that Tua and the Dolphins are bad. They're not. They finally beat a good team. Then the one thing that I keep hearing is Colin Coward, man. He is ridiculous. You know, he's like, I think the Cowboys are going to go into Miami and they're going to throttle them. They're going to destroy them. Fake Gucci bag versus a real Gucci bag, whatever the heck it is. And then the Dolphins end up winning on a game-winning field goal. And then he goes, well, the Dolphin fan, oh, they did. They, They beat Dallas at home. Woohoo! Like what you just said that they were gonna go in and destroy them. Now you're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's just there's no accountability from uh, a lot of the sports media people. I know that's kind of what we are, but we are accountable for what we say. I think that we check each other and we make sure that we're we're accurate. And if we say something is wrong, then we will admit it. I know I will. And again. This Dolphins team beating the beating the Cowboys was fantastic. I remember standing there just like, if Jason Sanders misses this kick, I'm going to be so upset. Because, again, we have seen it so many times. We're right there, and we just can't finish off that big game. And that's what we did. And now we have to prove it next week and beat the Ravens. Yeah. Now from an outside. You know, as sports as sports media people, I definitely think me and you, we do keep each other honest and we do say like, oh, when when we got something wrong or when we thought something else was gonna happen. You know, I that's one of my things where it's like, oh, there's no it's okay to be wrong. Like like this this entire NFL season, as far as who's gonna win the Super Bowl is a coin toss. I mean I remember like maybe like by week eight, my Super Bowl pick was Bill's Niners. And like that looked pretty bad because at that point the the Niners have been on three game losing streak and the Bills were just a mess, and now it looks pretty good. It's just been all over the place. I mean, we don't know how this is going to happen. Nobody does, so why you know die on these hills? But uh, as far as the Cowboys Dolphins game, I didn't lose any respect for either of these teams. Uh, maybe specifically the Cowboys. Obviously, they lost. I, I didn't lose any respect. I, I actually kind of, I, I kind of gained a little bit. I thought that both of these teams played hard. And they didn't look bad, and I didn't really see anything in the game that would make me question either of these teams' abilities in the playoffs. I think the Cowboys just – you would have really liked to have gotten that win on the road because oh, it looks sure. like you're going to go on the road um, in the first week of the season and go play the Bucks, or in the first uh, 
in the first playoff game that you have. Yeah. Oh, and all your postseason games. But yeah, mm-hmm. in that first uh, wild card game against the Bucks, you're going to go on the road. You would have liked to have that win. I mean, maybe they could get the monkey off their back in the next few weeks. I don't know if they're home uh, in both those games or not. But I, I think that both of these teams look really good. And I think that the Dolphins are real Super Bowl contenders. Uh, the Cowboys play the Commanders in the final week of the season. They go at uh, Washington. So uh, I just think I just think the Dolphins are now, you know what, they're, they're one, one down, two to go. One down, two to go as far as they're concerned. They got the Ravens and Bills, and they can really show a lot of people what they're made of if they can do that. Uh, If they went out and the Ravens go one and one, they have the tie break against the Ravens for head-to-head, right? So they would be the number one. Plenty to play for. That's a huge game. Two biggest games perhaps in the last two weeks of the season, both Dolphins games, I'd say, right? And if the Dolphins Dolphins lose to the Ravens, then the Bills game – is a game for the division because I think everyone can assume that the Bills will beat the Patriots, but who knows because they just lost to uh, the Patriots just beat the Broncos. So who knows what will happen? The Bills are beatable. The Patriots can win. Now it depends if they want that top draft pick or they're already out of that, whatever, besides the point. If the Dolphins lose and the Bills win this upcoming week, then week 18 is all about the division. So there's a ton to play for for the Dolphins still. It's not over yet, but it's good that they're in the playoffs. And the Cowboys, yeah, they're they're going to be just fine. They're still a really, really good team. They have a chance to uh, kind of flush that week. And if they go and they beat the Lions this week, and then they go on the road and they beat the Commanders, who knows, maybe the Eagles slip up and then, boom, Cowboys are right there. We'll see what happens. Um, but moving on to two teams that have been playing really, really well, the aforementioned Bills and the Los Angeles Rams, man, they have been really, really good these last couple of weeks. Um, which team are you more impressed with at this moment based on how the season has gone for each team? Okay, well, I think that the Rams are going a little bit under the radar, and that's because they're in a really – they're in like the thick of a of a division battle. But it looks like they're going to um, – that they're going to make the playoffs regardless, maybe perhaps with the Seahawks because the Vikings look like they're just falling apart. Um, so I think that they're kind of going, they're flying under the radar a little bit and the bills are obviously now in the playoffs. And I think that they they're just the Buffalo bills and they just get national attention for some reason uh, more than whatever they used to, even when they were good back in the day. Um, but with that being said, I still think that, I, while the Rams should get their flowers, I think it's the Bills. I'm so impressed with the way that they've been able to turn things around. When they inserted Joe Brady into the um, offensive play calling position, I feel like that really turned this team around in a sense. I think that, yes, they had a close game against the Chargers, but they've had some great wins. They've had some close losses, and I feel like they're starting to clean it up, and I'm really I'm really optimistic of what this team could do. You know, beating the Chiefs, yes, they're 9-5, and five, yeah, or, or what? No, they're nine and six nine now. Um, it, it's not the accomplishment. Maybe some might think it was in previous years, but it, it's still the Chiefs, and they still had to go on the road to beat them. And they beat the Cowboys 31-10, beat them down, and now they're probably going to get these two wins over lesser opponents being one already gotten against the Chargers and then the other one against the Patriots. And then they can possibly win their division in the last week of the season. That's an amazing turnaround. That is an amazing – if you had told them – it's an amazing scenario. If you had told them after the Broncos lost that that's what's, what was going to happen, I think that they would have easily taken that. Or if they were, they probably would have easily taken that after the Eagles lost. I think that they had a harder road than the Rams did, and that's probably also why I'm going to give them the edge. Um, I, I just – I think both of these teams could be sneaky Super Bowl teams. Um, I think it's so wide open. And it definitely, I think, for both of these teams, it depends on who they play. I think that yeah. they need the right path. I still don't. I still don't think that highly of of either of these teams because I just I just know how wishy washy they can be. But I would say the Bills. In all honesty, I think this team has has that it factor. I can't disagree with you there. It, it's tough to go against the Bills. I mean, Josh Allen. He's really kind of turned the season around for himself as well because early on in the year he was not looking like that fantastic. I mean, he had a couple games here and there where he was like throwing for. 300 yards, whatever, but the turnovers have been, were a real problem. But I think over the last couple of weeks, he's kind of minimized, minimized it a little bit more. He's not, he's not been that gunslinger that he, that he's always been. 
and just kind of throwing the ball all around the place. And that results in turnovers, and that just hasn't happened as much these last couple of weeks. I mean, the, what was the game? Against the Bill or against the Cowboys, he only threw for 94 yards. They just ran all over the Cowboys. So him then being able to win a game against the Cowboys with him only throwing 94 total yards, it, it shows that they're a long way away from where they were at the beginning of the season. They're way better. They're not the same team. And then as for the Rams, man, I think it's just they've gotten healthy. Uh, Williams is back. He's been back for a couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, you're right. They have had a little bit of an easier schedule. Um, they did play the Ra- the Ravens, and that was an overtime game where they only lost by at the end of the game on a kick return, on, on a punt return. So they very easily could have stopped them on defense, and then they could have went and won that game with a field goal even. So they've been competing with with top teams like the Ravens and the Browns. They beat the Browns. The Browns, we'll talk about them here in a second. I mean, they beat them. Was that before Joe Flacco? Let me see. No, that was with Joe Flacco. So, you know, I, I'm really impressed with the Rams. It looks like they're probably going to match up with the Lions. So that, that to me, is a very, very intriguing game. Did they play earlier this year? I don't think so. No, they oh, did that's- I, I think that they could beat the Lions in that first week, in exactly. all honesty. I think that they could. I, I think I'm just not super high or super sold on the Lions. The Lions have had some close games as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe, you know, they, they deserve their flowers because they achieved something this week. We'll get into that later, which was really good for them. But shout out the Lions. But I still... I still think that in the playoffs, I'm I'm a little bit hesitant to pick them to make a run. And I think when they play a team like the Rams, who are just on fire, like you said, healthy now, finally. That has been the key for the Rams. They are healthy. And it's why both of us took them out of our playoff predictions earlier in the year. Um, It's why it's so – it's just why it's just so important. Health is so important in this league. And to be getting healthy in, you know, game 17 and – or game 16 and 17, week 17 and 18 – that is just a different level of of an advantage. And talk about an advantage. What is going on in Cleveland? Joe Flacco, maybe sitting on the couch for the first couple of weeks was an advantage. For the first, what, 11 weeks? Give I heard take? he was a cook. I heard he was in the kitchen, like yeah, like no at a way. restaurant. No, I oh. maybe I need to maybe I need to double check it. But I had heard that he was, you know, in his you know, in his the bear like era, like he was cooking. That- I, I, I don't know if it was like a restaurant that he owned or something like that and he was just helping out. I, that's what I had heard. Maybe that's I'm wrong, crazy. but I tell you what, yeah, he just he got straight off the couch, man. And he's just been balling. And he's been cooking on the field, man. And he he found <laughs> his favorite dish in Amari Cooper this past weekend with what 265 yards. That was if you had him in your fantasy uh for these playoffs, you easily could have should have won. Like there's no well, way he had- you should have won your fantasy championship this week because there shouldn't be any games going on in in these last two weeks as a commissioner. You don't think so? No, as a commissioner, I tried to make sure that that didn't happen because I didn't want any players to sit. Um, I guess no players are really going to sit this week, but I don't want anything crazy to happen. So I always make it uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like that. Why would a championship get decided with players sitting? I think that that's so foul. No, I agree. That That's why I think most people do that, like, week 18, because that's when most people will sit. So, you know, you have it the second to last week of the season. I have one where it's second to last week, and I just – I was so close in mine uh, with, with, my, with all my buddies and stuff. I was going up against a top guy for the entire season, and it was, like, a 10-point game. If I would have switched some stuff on, from my bench to my starting lineup, DJ Moore, he screwed me. And um, Sam Laporte – was it Laporta? I think it was Laporta. He only had like four points. So both of those two having like under five points total really screwed me. And then, um, yeah, I needed uh, on Christmas Day, I needed a miracle. I needed the Chiefs to score like 17 points on defense, and that didn't happen. So if I would have had the Raiders, though, I would have won. But I I kept it close, and and it was a good matchup. But, yeah, and then there's another league that I have where it's like, you know, the two-week ones. So it's weeks 15 and 16 or – or 14 and 15 and then 16 and 17 are the like the championship or maybe whatever. It's like two weeks for one round. So I've had both of them. I've never had the one where you're already over though. Like yours is done. Yeah. No, it's oh it just ended. It just ended. This was the yeah, last, last one. So yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I just think that's fair. I just, like I said, I just don't want it to be decided by a team sitting. And this year has been so close. There has been people like that have been sat over the last couple weeks of the season. I mean, we just saw Russell Wilson, which we'll get into. Uh-huh. Just got, you know, he's done for the year. And that could be, that could have been somebody's starting fantasy quarterback. So. Right. You're hundred percent right. Hmm. I might have to talk with my commissioner and, uh, you know, make some, make some changes. It's one less week of fun, I guess, is the uh, issue. It's fair. But, you know, you, you want it to be fair for the most part. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. But we're straying off. We're talking about the Cinderella story of the season and Joe Flacco. When he came in and played against the Rams uh, with, the, with the Browns, did he come into that game late or did he start that game? Yeah, no, he started that game. And that game, I mean, he still played really well. He threw for 254 yards, two touchdowns. They ended up losing 36 to 19. But since then, man, going up against the Jaguars, who are were a favorite well for the entire season, one of our favorite teams, actually, for this season, he went against them 300 yards, three touchdowns. Crazy. Then goes up against the Browns or the Bears. They win 20 to 17. And that game, he has almost 400 yards. And two touchdowns with three interceptions, though. Not very good. But, you know, almost 400 yards. And then this last week against the Texans, man, he just decided, yeah, I'm just going to give the ball to Amari Cooper all game. Had freaking 11 catches, 265 yards, two tuds. I mean, crazy numbers and just crazy production out of him. And he's brought the Browns to potentially – they have a chance at the number one seed. If they win these last two games, God, I would shit. Ravens, I would shit bricks, Mason, if that was the dude, case. But I know, <laughs> I know. And today's Wednesday. No, so th- tomorrow night, Thursday night. That's the that's the game. They play the Jets, and it's hard to say that you know the Jets will beat the Browns. But this is a revenge game for Joe Flacco. If Joe Flacco was on the <laughs> oh, Jets right now, th- listen, Joe Flacco I'm was on the you. Jets last year. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers goes down. Zach Wilson isn't cutting it. They could have very easily picked up the phone and been like, yo, Joe, we need you to come save us. Because – and now look now look at this. Now the Browns with Joe Flacco are going to play the Jets on Thursday Night Football for the world to see. And listen, Oh, is this, this Thursday night? This is the last Thursday night game of the is, year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the final Thursday night game of the year. This Jets defense is good, man. They're really good. I don't care how bad the Jets might be on offense. That doesn't have, that has nothing to do with the defense. And, you know, they've they've played with Joe Flacco before in practice. They know what he looks like. They know his scheme and everything. So it'll be a very interesting matchup. And the Jets can actually help out both the Ravens and the Dolphins if they're able to beat the Cleveland Browns. Wow, am I going to have to be – I feel like I'm going to have to be a Debbie Downer, a rain on the parade. You didn't say anything too ridiculous. You just said the possibilities that could happen over the next handful of weeks. So you didn't make any sort of claim. Where this segment comes from and this stems from is me turning on my TV after this week of games. And I saw, are the Browns real Super Bowl contenders? Um, I saw that, and I know, I know. It's like, it's like oh, we always take it too far. I don't know if this is like yeah. an American thing or a sports media thing or what it is or just a human thing, but we get so far ahead of ourselves. I think this is such a great story. I just, I just can't possibly see this team winning a game in the playoffs. I really just can't. Uh, you know, even with how great their defense is, you know, like you said, like Amari Cooper had such a great game. I believe that was uh, he broke the record for single game in Browns history for receiving yards. Yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, Joe Flacco has been on fire, you know, career resurgence in a sense for the rest of this year. Um, I just don't, I just don't see it beyond like the next couple weeks, but I will say they, they're going to beat the jets. They have to, they're just probably going to shut out the jets again. What the jets have had like six shutouts this year. That's, that's absurd. Have they really? Yes. Oh I think God. it's, I think it's something very extreme. I've never seen an offense this inept in my life. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know how they're going to score against the Browns. Okay. It doesn't look like they have six shutouts. I don't know where I heard that uh, stat from maybe, maybe six games without a touchdown. I have no idea without an offensive touchdown. Where did I hear this stat? I only see one, but that's neither here yeah. nor there. Uh, <laughs> see, it we're, feels we're, like it though. See, we're, it honest. Feels like we're, it. we're honest. So we check ourselves immediately when, when, when I say something ridiculous, but yeah. I still think, I, I honestly think this might be a shutout as well, or like a, they'll score six points or something like that. Um, yeah. Cause they had a exactly. few of those, but they've had a few of those. 
But I, I just can't go any further than like this team is going to end what eleven and six or something like that. Who are they playing the final week after the Jets? The Bengals. Um, that's a good game. Yeah, shoot, that'll be that. That's a toss up. I still don't respect the Bengals. Anyway, have the Bengals fallen out of the uh, playoffs? It looks like I believe that they have. Uh, they have. I think the Colts yeah. hold the last one. Yeah, so that'll be a good game for for some playoff um, implications. Who I didn't think. I thought both those teams were just going to fall off the face of the earth. And I'm actually, it's now my time to say I was wrong about the Browns. They have recovered. I thought their season was over. They were a part of the the group of teams where I said that these are these are teams falling out of the playoffs. That was the Steelers, Colts, Browns, and Bengals. And yep. it looks to be that the Browns are the team that's going to make it out of that. And they going- have a better record than the Chiefs, the Jaguars, who else? Then on the, on the, the Bucks and the they Rams. Better, the better record than the Bills, too. They got, yeah, they're they are the number five seed right now in the AFC. They would play Jacksonville if the season ended right now. Do you think they would be Jacksonville? Uh yeah. Uh but that's also just how terrible Jacksonville has looked. Um, well, you said that they weren't gonna win a playoff game. You don't see them winning a playoff game. Well, they're not gonna match game. up against Jacksonville, are they? Oh wait, yeah, four or five, yeah. they would. Oh uh shoot. Well, I could see them winning that. I could see them winning against Jacksonville. <laughs> I just can't see them winning against Kansas Keeping City. Keeping them honest. Keeping them honest. Yeah, okay. You keep me on my toes. Also, Indianapolis is is in the seventh seed, so I'm waiting on the Texans to uh, win out and the Colts to go one and one. And then I would be right at least kind of that the Texans and Bills would make it over the those other teams that have fallen out of the playoffs. But, yeah. Okay, okay. I could see the Browns beating the Jags. I could see them beating you know? the Jags. You know, when you start talking about it and you – like when you think about it at surface, you're just like, oh, yeah, the Browns, they're not winning a playoff game. And then you dig into it and you're like, wait, hold on a second. They would play the Jaguars or whoever comes out of the South in the AFC. Whoever – I mean – Yeah, that could got, be the Texans. That could be the Texans. I could see them easily being the Texans as well. <laughs> exactly. So it's like you don't know who they're even going to play. So it's like, well, when you think about it, but it's hard to say. Like – once those lights are bright, but Joe Flacco's been there before. He's won. Hey, Joe Flacco before. won a fucking car. Yeah, exactly. Um, he won. What did he win? It was a Kia, right? Then they just get they gave out Kias. I don't know. What it I was. forgot what car it was, but because he, he was Super Bowl MVP, Joe Flacco was elite. Okay, he was elite. He was throwing piss <laughs> missiles back in his Baltimore days. Okay, he has such a strong arm still. I will. He's probably one of the most underrated arms in NFL history. I would say. Just, I mean, he can he can sling it. Yeah, that listen, it's possible, man. We'll have to see what happens with it. I'm very intrigued because, I mean, shit, why not? Why not the Browns? I don't know if they're gonna make it to the Super Bowl. Oh, but this would be. I would. I'm. I, look, not? I'm rooting for the Browns. Look, I, I, I want them. I, I think this would be an amazing storyline if they would win. And I also think that this does show. And the Jaguars but are the going NFL scripted. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> what what a script for the Browns! They finally get know, a right? script. Um, I think it shows that like you need a backup QB. You need to be able to take a risk and sign a guy off the street who's talented and can play and has NFL experience. You know, the Browns could have given up on this season. They really could have. And they were like, nah, you know what? We waited too long for Deshaun Watson. Um, we're not going to give up another year just because he's going to be out for the rest of the season. We we already, you know, went through the Nick Chubb injury. This is truly like a great oh my story. God, yeah. And it's also it also shows you why you need a backup quarterback and you need a guy out there to just handle his business. The Jags don't have a backup. There are plenty of other teams. It seems like a lot of teams in the NFL don't have a starting quarterback, but there are a lot of backups that have been more than, uh, more than good enough to win. Yeah. More than capable of winning NFL games. And I just think that that's, it's so important. I don't, I don't know why any team in the NFL wouldn't have a capable backup quarterback. And I think that this shows it. And the Jets should be kicking themselves because they had plenty of opportunities to get a guy that wasn't Zach Wilson out there. And they didn't do it for whatever reason. Who knows? Who under who knows why teams make the decisions that they do? But moving on to the aforementioned Jacksonville Jaguars and then your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, these two teams, they they matched up this past week. And Baker Mayfield, man, he's loving it there in Tampa. I, as as an outsider, I like Baker Mayfield. I like his moxie. I like what he what he brings. He just brings some a swagger to a team, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm the fucking man. I'm gonna do it." And you know, some games I'm gonna sh- shit the bed, 
but there are going to be games where I'm going to be strutting around like Conor McGregor and just doing my thing. And I love that. I like that personality. As a Tampa fan, like, what do you feel about, about Baker? Do you think he should come back? Okay, yeah, I'm going to skip around here uh, because I okay. know we had we have our New Year's resolutions set because this is going to be our last episode before the New Year. So we had that. I'm going to get straight to my New Year's resolution and we could get to yours later. It is to stop doubting my hometown teams and maybe specifically the Bucks. I've picked against them all year long. And Baker Mayfield arriving has been healthy. And he looks like the guy who led the Browns to the playoffs and a more than capable starting NFL quarterback in this league. And to answer your question, I would love to see him back. And I think he is coming back because I don't think that we're going to be high enough to take a quarterback in the first round unless somebody falls or we decide to trade up. And I don't think we're going to give up any draft capital to make a move in the first round to get high enough to do that. So I think he is coming back. He should come back. And he has embodied a lot of what this team is. And I think that they respect him in the locker room. And this has been more than what anybody could have hoped for. I mean, we started out, well, we were, what, three and one. We had a good start. And then it just tailed off. We had all those consecutive losses. And now we're on a win streak. Season has been a roller coaster, but the one constant has been just Baker Mayfield going out there, and you got to respect the game. You got to respect what he can go out there and do. And it's so impressive. And he's having a good statistical year as well. Um, I love it. The only thing now that I wish as a belated Christmas present um, from the GM is I need Mike Evans to retire a Buccaneer. I don't even care anymore what the cost is. I need him to retire a buck. Uh, once again, another great season from him with the changing carousel of QBs outside of the great Tom Brady. He's been so reliable no matter who's back there, and I just love it. It's such a great security blanket for whoever's throwing the ball. I hope he retires a buck. This has been more than I could have ever asked for. Todd Bowles, low-key, also probably saved his job <laughs> uh, in a sense too. I think if we had like ended up you know, not turning it around, he probably would have ended up being fired. Um, or he would have definitely been on the one of the hottest seats in the NFL. You know, this isn't a destination job because we because we've seen destination jobs open up like the Chargers. Um and potentially the commanders is going to open up when the season ends as well. Um so there was a lot riding on this year in a sense where it was like we could have cleaned house and it looks like we're not going to. And I think that that makes me proud as a fan. So it's my new year's resolution. And in my long winded way of saying, I'm really happy that we're probably going to make the playoffs and that yep. Baker Mayfield's a starter and he should come back. It's just to not doubt these teams, you know, not don't, I'm not going to doubt the magic because I'm a Tampa Orlando fan. You're just a yep. Miami fan, but um, to not doubt Orlando, to not doubt the bucks. Um, I'm proud, man. I could shed tears right now, bro. This is the post-Brady era, and I think we're going to finish with a better record than we did last year with Tom Brady. Unbelievable. Here's to a first-round exit, man. So proud. <laughs> Here's to a first-round I mean, hey, you could end up playing either the Cowboys or the Eagles, So, but you're hosting them. I, I hope. So. I would hope the Cowboys, in all honesty. I know we got smacked against them uh, uh, last year, but we played the Eagles this year, and that was a rough game. So Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's looking good. They play the Saints this upcoming week. So let's say they beat the Saints. I think that would kind of, that would have to solidify it, right? Because that would pretty much knock the Saints out. They would be back by two games. And then they play the Panthers in the final week of the season. God, if they lost that game, I don't even know what would happen. It, yeah, right. If I guess the Falcons could. Um... The Falcons could find a way to sneak themselves in if yeah. they win out. And we, we split against the Falcons. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So uh, the Falcons play the Bears and then the Saints. So I think that Falcons Saints game would only matter if the Saints won on th this this week against the Bucks. So we'll have to see what happens there. But uh, again, I am very happy for the Bucks. I like that team. I like Mike Evans. I think that he should retire a Buccaneer as well. Um, it'd just be weird seeing him in another in another team's colors. And as for Baker. I already said I really like him, and I think he's great for that team. And I like Todd Bowles as well. I think he fits that team. I just think he embodies and the Tampa Bay Buccaneer way, in my in my opinion, for whatever it's worth. But then talking about the Jags, who are kind of on the opposite end of that, 
you know, we talked about them early on when we started this podcast. We were like, damn, this team is going to be really good. Like Trevor Lawrence, Etienne, Ridley, uh, 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 Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, all of them. We, we were high on them. And, you know, they just haven't panned out to be the way that we the way that, that we thought, you know, right. They just lost to the Bucks, 30 to 12. They got throttled by the Jaguar or by the Ravens two weeks ago, 23 to seven. And then they lost to the Browns a couple weeks ago. And even before that, it was the Bengals. Their last win was against the Texans on November 26th. So they've gone 0 and 3 so far here in the month of December, which is a bad time to not win. Because this is the stretch. This is the, the home stretch, you know. You want to win these games. And now they got the Panthers and the Titans coming up. It would be a real shocker if they were to lose to the Panthers. The Titans, man, I mean, I, I don't know what to think of them, uh, especially if Will Levis is out. Ten Hill, I think he played in this game last week. Did they win this past week? I don't even know if they did. The Titans. I doubt it, right? Yeah, they lost to the... They they lost to the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. That was a weird game as well. But just talking about the Jaguars, I don't know. I can I see them winning the division just based on their schedule, playing the Panthers and the Titans. But then you know the Colts. They had a, a rough one this past week against the Falcons, losing twenty nine to ten. They got the Raiders and the Texans. That Raiders team is playing some inspired football. They just beat the Chiefs. Uh, and I think they're really behind Antonio Pierce. So that's going to be a very tough game at home. The benefit for the, for the Colts is both of these games that they have coming up are going to be at home. And then uh, as for the Texans, as they play the Colts in the final week of the season, and then they play the Titans this upcoming week. Uh, was CJ Stroud back this week? Did he play no. against? No. So is he going to be back? Do we know? I think – I think now is about the time where he should be coming back. I don't know if I've heard anything specific about him actually coming back. I'd imagine he's practicing right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I mean, but I agree with everything that you're saying though, by the way, with the Jags, this is a terrible time for them. This is really bad. You know, I, 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 I went on some other shows and I had Trevor Lawrence as my MVP as my kind of dark horse, but like I wanted to be, you know, realistic. I thought, oh, the Jags are going to get the one seat, or if they get the one seat, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. That ship has sailed. Actually, that ship is now like that has been sailing. It's about halfway across the ocean, halfway across I the think world. It's, it's been gone. Yeah, more like sunk. I think it's <laughs> deep, deep down in there. Yeah, it, it hit is, an iceberg. Is, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. It, I, I think that Jacksonville will end up winning the division. Because they have the tiebreaker over the over the um over Houston, so let's say Houston and Jacksonville both win out, that knocks Indianapolis out, and then Jacksonville has the tiebreaker over them, so then that would put them at the at the top of the division, and then the Jaguars would probably be the seven seed, I think, in the AFC. Yeah, well, depending I mean, on what happens, kind of amazing, kind of amazing how tightly contested this division has become. For real. Did not did not feel like after the Anthony Richardson injury um, that this was going to be a hot division, and you know even the Titans I feel like are pretty respectable. Obviously they're five and ten, they're long gone, they're way eliminated. But um, I feel like this entire division uh, is kind of looking up in the future years. I know the Jags are still, you know, this is a mess of of a year right now, but they could still make the playoffs, and that would still be a good positive note. It shall be interesting what happens here in the NFL in these last couple of weeks. I know we'll be covering it. Uh, we'll be watching it as well. But moving on, let's talk about the NBA for a split second. What's going on with KD and the Suns, man? Can you tell me? Because I really don't know. Well, they're your they're your NBA champion. Oh, hey. I know. Yeah. Um, this is, I would say, the least surprising thing maybe uh, of the year. I thought that they were going to be better. Look, I'm not going to say like I'm – uh, you know, I didn't think that this Suns team wasn't going to be any good, but I'm just not shocked that Katie is frustrated. Not because I think Katie gets frustrated easily, but because they made these moves and they got Bradley Beal. Like, you know who you're dealing with in a sense. You, I've seen this before. This almost exact same thing happened with the Nets a few years ago where the guys just were never on the court. Now, 24 total minutes um, at Christmas is kind of wild. 
that yeah. is surprising to the to that extent. But I'm not surprised that that he's frustrated or he's showing his frustration. I don't know what he wants the front office to do though. They they just need you guys out on the court. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this team. I have no hopes for this team. In all honesty, we've hit the Christmas checkpoint and they still haven't played together at all. I think Devin Booker is more reliable than a Harden or at the time what Kyrie Irving was. So that's a positive. It should be D book and KD rolling it out. Um, but as far as Bradley Beal, I've, I've never, I haven't seen him playing a big game. I think ever in his career outside of just like a couple early playoff rounds. And that was yeah. back in the John wall days. So like, yeah. it's been a minute. Um, so I'm not really relying on him at all. And obviously I'm not relying on any other player for this, for the Suns for the most part, but their, their bench isn't bad. Um, and they made some moves for it. I just think, I just think, I just think that's kind of, it's kind of it. It's almost, it's almost like, I don't know what kind of time or when they're waiting to flip a switch, but they only did, yeah. they only could do so much last year and they ran into a darn good nuggets team who won the championship. Um, there's plenty of teams in the West. I think that would, that would beat the Suns in a seven-game series, just with the way that they've looked this year. But I think like D Book is fantastic, Katie. Like, why can't you just run it with just the two of them? And if Bradley Beal comes back, great. And if not, like, whatever. I, I just I think Katie and Devin Booker are two of the top players in the NBA. So how is it that they just can't get it together? Is it a KD problem? I mean, it wasn't a problem when he was on Golden State. Is it a him problem or is it just like shit happens? I think they just have given up so much to make this what sh- the players that should be on this court to get that team assembled, to get Bradley Beal. You know, dealt Chris Paul to the Wizards, who's then dealt in the Jordan Poole trade to the Warriors. And then they also dealt in the three-team trade, right, uh, DeAndre Ayton to the Trailblazers. So they've been, you know, they've been a part of a lot. And they've given up two guys who – DeAndre Ayton didn't want to be there. That was apparent. But Chris Paul was, you know, a very important piece to winning. He just kind of, as each season progressed, he ended up losing his legs earlier and earlier. Um, I just think, I just think, yeah, in a sense, they could just roll out there. They could win a playoff series. But when it comes to the real teams in the West, the real finals contenders, I think they could get mopped fairly quickly because – I just don't see them being a team that could handle a uh, handle an, another team like sit, like sitting across from them, standing across from them. That's deep, and it has that playoff bench. It has those guys that they can rely on outside of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And also, those two guys need to stay healthy. That is so apparent that they need to be a hundred percent come playoff time. They can't have any nagging injuries, and they need to make it to every single game. They can't miss a playoff game. That's that's a tall order. That's a tall task. That's a lot more pressure than I think that they wanted. And how old is Kevin Durant now? He's had his fair share of injuries. Yeah, he certainly has. Well, that's our little NBA update. Now that we've passed that kind of Christmas check checkpoint. Uh, we'll definitely start to cover a little bit more of it, and I will have more of a better understanding because it's just been so busy, you know, keeping up with football and all that. And, uh, yeah, but the NBA is going to start. It's going to start coming to the streakers. I'm telling you. It's going to happen. We're going to we're gonna get it. We're going to get it, it going. We'll be we'll here. Very soon. Very soon. Very soon. Very soon. But you already talked about your New Year's resolution. I'll kind of play off of yours. I'm just going to continue having faith in my South Florida team's it's been a great year, honestly, for uh, for South Florida sports as a whole. I mean, let's go try to go in chronological order with the Heat making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, FAU, even though that's not for us, FAU being in the Final Four in March Madness, that was very impressive. The Florida Panthers going to the Stanley Cup, that was outstanding and remarkable, and it made me enjoy – hockey even more i've been getting into it a little very very seldomly but uh obviously with your hometown team kind of making it to the championship it it, it piques your interest and it definitely did that for me and i've been paying a little bit more attention to hockey over the last couple of years um and then after that you had you know my sport baseball the marlins making the playoffs for the first time in a full 162 game season uh since 2003 that was super exciting and now with, you know, the Dolphins making it to the playoffs, having a shot at being the number one seed in the AFC, I just got to continue having faith in them. You know, I, I, I've i been a diehard of all these fan, of all these teams for a long time. 
specifically uh, the Marlins and the and the Dolphins. But man, I cannot tell you how much I shit on them. I I talked all the smack. I'm just like, wow, we're doing this good. We're this good here, here, and then you know, once one negative thing happens, I'm like, it's over. The world's over. It's done. We're not doing anything. And I just give I just give up on them. But I just need to continue having faith. There were so many times this year with the Marlins. I was like, yep, that's it. That's the nail in the coffin. We're done. And then, you know, they come back and they, they end up doing it. And then with the Panthers, I mean, they were down three to one to the to the friggin' Bruins. And they end up coming back and winning the series. And as for the Dolphins, you know, when they lost that game to the Titans, I was like, that's it. That's gonna be our nail. That's that's it. That's our ninth life. It's over. Uh, we're not going to do anything. I just need to continue having faith in them. So that's going to be my thing. I'm going to try and be a little bit uh, nicer to my teams and just having faith in them, you know? Glad we're in this together. We'll keep each other honest. We'll keep each other honest into the new year. And as for the shout-out, I guess I'll go with uh, – I'll, I'll stick with it. I always talk about my teams, man. But Jaime Hakez, he had himself – he gave himself and his family a great Christmas present in dropping 30, dropping a 30 bomb. I think that was his first career one. Um, and he was 11 for 15, one. right? Something like that. Yeah, he had 30 points. What was it? 10, 10 assists, 10 rebounds, one of them. I don't know which one it was. He but balled whatever, out. He, had, he balled out, and he's been balling out. He's he's put himself as one of the top guys on the Heat this year, and uh, – yeah, I, I think that he's going to be like the guy that stays. I don't think the Heat trade him. I think uh, if they're going to do any trades coming up, it'll be with uh, Nikola Jovic and Kyle Lowry and all that kind of – maybe Duncan. I wouldn't be mad if Duncan was gone. Um, I think that he's a great piece for any team to add. But if the Heat want to make a run at this championship, they're going to need a, uh, a big three type of dude. They've got Jimmy. They've got Bam. I think they need to go out and get themselves another piece – Deontay Murray, I've seen that he's had uh, some connections there. So, but Hakez, he has been fantastic for them. And shout out to him all the way coming from UCLA all the way down to South Beach. He's been great and kudos to him. Absolutely. Um, my shout out is America's team, the Streakers team, everybody's favorite team, former Hard Knocks team. Uh, Dan Campbell's love child. It's the Detroit Lions. They clinched their division for the first time since 1993. They've never clinched the NFC North because the last time they won their division was in 1993 when they won it as the NFC Central. Um, so that's something that's crazy. I remember us talking actually about this uh, at the beginning of the year. Was it possible? We both thought it was. And they've officially done it. They've really turned the tide this year. So impressive um, what Jared Goff and company has done. Um, when you look back at the trade between the two quarterbacks, Stafford and Goff, it seems like, yeah, look, the Rams got a Super Bowl ring and they're in the playoffs this year. It looks like they've obviously, you know, got the highest point of that trade. They've reached the pinnacle. So it was certainly worth it for them. But I think if you're a Lions fan, certainly a Lions diehard fan, you got to be happy with the way that things have shaken out. You have, a, your quarterback of the future golf is going to be there for however long, you know, I, I don't know what kind of playoff success they're going to have, but he's going to be there and things are looking up for the lions. They've had so many hurdles that they've jumped through or somebody like so many, like get the monkey off their back moments over the last season and a half, since they've been a much better team and turn things around like midway through last year. Um, so it's something that's really great to see, and that's what the NFL is all about because it could be worst to first at no matter the time. It could be in the middle of the season. It could be out of the draft whenever. Teams can turn it around. We just saw the Browns get their stuff together this year when they signed Flacco. So something great to see, especially with the lower-level franchise like the, the Detroit Lions. Sorry if that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but this is coming from a Bucks fan who's more than self-aware that we have uh, you know, a poor franchise history. So great. Great time to be a Lions fan. Shout out to them. Now, cut for time and honorable mentions. Uh, honorable mention to the South Alabama player that sucker punched uh, some guy. <laughs> Merry Christmas to him. That was pretty wild. Um, shout out to the Denver Broncos. Honorable mention for how confusing that this franchise is because at a certain point we declared them dead this season. Then we said that they're back. And now I get. I don't know if Russell Wilson is going to be that starter, their starting quarterback next year because they – are trying to make sure that he doesn't get his $37 million bonus 
next year. Um, it's only happened a handful of times um, in the past, or at least in recent, you know, memory. That, in my opinion, looks to be the nail in the coffin. They're going to start Stidham over the next two weeks. That's an interesting play. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with talent. I believe Russell Wilson has 26 touchdowns, eight picks. I mean, he's been much better, much improved this year. I think all of the rumors about Sean Payton and uh, Russell Wilson not clicking seems to be closer to true than not. So that's something interesting. Um, and shout out Joel Embiid, who rested on Christmas Day and wasn't able to play a team over 500 once again and is feasting on lower-level teams. Just throwing that out there. Also, shout out the Orlando Magic. Still balling. They've made it to the Christmas Day checkpoint, and I am hype. My New Year's resolution starts today. They are very, they're a very good team, and I'm believing in them. Shout out Paulo. Shout out Franz. And I think that'll do it. I think that'll do it for us. Yeah, this has been another episode wow. of the Streakers Podcast. I'm Patrick, I'm Patrick Brevity. That's Mason Mugliera. We will see you guys in 2024. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.